0: Hello, and welcome back to the Environment Podcast with your host, Alice Lilly. My name is Alice, and this podcast is designed to help empower you to live your happiest, healthiest life. And in today's podcast, we are going to be having a Q&A. I haven't done one of these for a while, Um, and I loved when I did. I think I've only done one Q and A before. I love doing it before. I love going through your questions in more detail. That's what the podcast is for, right, guys? For me to help you in more detail, to go through your questions, go through your struggles, to help give you more advice and knowledge and guidance than I can give you on Instagram stories, because obviously, Instagram stories is like I can't. There's only so much I can talk. Right. So I asked on Instagram, obviously, for you guys to give me some of your questions. And I also then put up a second question box, saying, give me some of your struggles. So I'm going to split the um, podcast into two. I have a couple of questions that I've picked out from the box. And then I have a couple of the struggles I've picked out from the box as well, which I think can be very um, like well used amongst um, everybody. So let's crack straight on with the first of the questions. And that is how to deal with DOMs. If you don't know what DOMs are, DOMs are an abbreviation of delayed onset muscle soreness. So you know when you've done an exercise session and the next day you're like, holy shit, I can't walk. I can't sit down on the tweeter. Like it hurts to move, it hurts to roll over in the night. Oh, that is the worst. When you get DOMs so bad that when you roll over in the night, you're like, ah and it wakes you up that is the worst so firstly the reason why we get doms is because either we have overdone it during training or we haven't done any exercise for a while and then we've come back and then our muscles aren't used to it so have therefore been like what have you done to me um and then kind of got a bit crazy um and therefore made you really sore the next day. Doms are not a sign of a good workout. You might have doms somewhat where you can still um, go about your daily business. You can just feel like, oh yeah, I can feel that like my shoulders feel a bit tight, or I can feel my legs feel a bit sore, but it's not stopping you continuing to go out on your daily business, right? If you're getting DOMS that bad when it's affecting you, like you're not able to, especially if fat loss is your goal, right? And I know not everybody's goal is fat loss, but for example, if you're going so hard out on exercise to the point where you're getting such bad DOMS the next day that you don't move as much, it's counterproductive. Um, So there is that. But if you're getting DOMS really bad quite frequently, it's important to look at your training volume. You might either be going, doing too many um, exercises in one training session. You might be doing too many sets um, of an exercise as well. Um, So have a look at your training volume and think about um, potentially reducing some of your volume somewhere. So whether that's sets, whether that's reps, um, whether that's days of training, Um, but know that your body usually adapts well to training and gets used to recovery also by following by the tips that I'm going to give you in a second Um, but if you're suffering with DOMS really really bad after every single training session like quite frequently you're overdoing you're doing too much so I would really recommend that you reduce your training volume. Some things that you can do to help deal with bad DOMS so say for example you've had a couple of weeks of training you get back into training and then And you can even not overdo it. Like when you get back into training, you just do a normal session that you might've done before, but where you haven't worked out for a while, your body's not been as used to it. And then you're like, oh my God. Um, And then you're feeling quite sore. So firstly, making sure that you're having sufficient amounts of protein that is going to help with recovery. So trying to ensure that you're having a source of protein with breakfast, lunch, dinner, and one snack. It's usually the blanket advice I give to clients and it makes sure that you, if you were to get a protein source in with breakfast, lunch and dinner and one snack, then it's likely that you are going to have sufficient enough protein throughout the day. Um, Also making sure that you are still keeping active. So moving is going to help active recovery. So you going out on a walk or just doing a little bit of like getting on a bike and getting your legs moving or, or something like that is going to help you recover more than is if you just stay stationary and don't move all day And um, even if you feel super sore you always notice that say for example you wake up in the morning you got really bad doms in the morning you're like oh my god like that is the worst in the morning because you've just been asleep for 10 hours or 10 hours <laughs> if you're lucky i don't know why i just said 10 hours I don't know why I just said 10 hours, Um, but yeah, you're always going to be more sore first thing in the morning, you know, once you start moving around, you feel less sore, so movement is going to help with that, adequate hydration as well is super important, and a nice hot bath with some Epsom salts always helps as well, in my opinion. Um, So moving on to the next question, can you help with emotional eating? So yes, I can, I work with a lot of clients around this, and I can always give advice on this, but it is also important to know that there's no blanket advice that can always be what you can take for your specific situation. But some pointers and tips I can give you on this would be, so if you are already recognizing that you are emotionally eating, that's great because you have some self-awareness already to recognize that. Secondly, we want to kind of identify what emotion it is that is causing you to overeat. Like if if you are overeating, because it's also important to remind yourself that everybody emotionally eats, it is normal, but if it is making you feel shame or guilt or making you feel like it's deterring you away from the goals that you want to achieve and it's not aligning with your values. If it's something that's happening quite frequently, then it's something to take a look at, right? So, firstly, try to identify what emotion it is that you're trying to avoid or numb with food um, and instead allow yourself to feel that emotion. It's so common that we want to numb an emotion with. Food, or for some people it's alcohol or other kind of addictive behaviors and food is not an addiction but we can get addicted to the um the habit of numbing our emotion with the escapism and, and and comfort we're seeking in food from how we feel because no one wants to feel bad like when we have bad like or negative emotions or feelings. No one wants to feel that, right? But it's part of life. It is normal that as a human, we are going to experience a range of emotions. And if you couldn't experience the lows, you couldn't experience the highs and things are going to happen. Situations will come around. You can't be in control of how you feel all of the time. There will be circumstances that happen that make you feel like a a negative emotion, but it's important to identify what you could potentially do to help with that emotion, help you to honor that more. So let's give an example. So stress, if you're someone who is really stressed, you might be able to recognize that, I am super stressed at work. And when I come home from work, I just want to eat because you're trying to numb out the stress from the day, right? So instead, what we could try and do is attack the, the cause of stress. So if the, you know that there is something that is causing the emotion, trying to address that. So having conversations at work, putting boundaries in place, trying to do some uh, trying to do some more like mindfulness tasks, um, trying to do some activities that make you feel more relaxed in the evening um, and things like that. So it's person dependent of whatever the emotion is. If it's something that you do want more help and support with, this is something that I support clients with. So reach out um, and send me a DM on Instagram if you would like more help on, with that, Either that, whether that's um, one-to-one um, coaching or one-to-one intensive. I actually just had a one-to-one intensive today with a lovely lady and we spoke a little bit about this as well. So, a one-to-one intensive is a way of working with me for a shorter time frame that is more um affordable and less commitment time essentially um, but if you want more information about that then you can send me a dm on instagram moving on second third question why is it so hard to lose the last bit of weight This is something that I get asked a lot and it's so common that people struggle with, say, if you've been losing weight for a while, that you kind of come to a stall or standing point. And there's so many reasons as to why that might be. Um, And it's not because you can't lose any more weight, but first things first, it's definitely important to recognize, do you need to lose any more weight? And that might be a little, that's definitely subjective, like you... Um, like you might think that you want to lose more weight, but is it healthy and sustainable for you to essentially to lose more weight? Or have you just found a place where you feel comfortable and happy, where you can allow your like allow yourself to go out and enjoy food, and enjoy occasions and, and, and not feel stressed and that your body is kind of sitting at that point right now? Or if you are still wanting to lose more weight, it is normal that your body's calorie needs change after a while, especially if you've lost like a lot of weight, um, your body's calorie calorie needs will change. So you might need to reduce the amount of food that you're eating again, or you might need to increase your expenditure. So you can go on to last week's podcast. I spoke a little bit about, um, expenditure steps for fat loss. Um, if you want more help and advice about that, um, another thing as well that could be why this is is because you're applying too much pressure you're thinking I need to lose that last bit of weight I need to lose that last bit of weight but do you do you I mean it's that uh, you probably think like well you're the coach like surely you should be encouraging like people no I shouldn't be encouraging people to lose weight absolutely not I empower clients to live a happy and healthy life whether that includes fat loss or not um but it can just be that we had an idea that we think that we should lose three stone because we think I'll be happy when I lose three stone or that I lost three stone before so I want to lose three stone again. But when you lost three stone before, was it a sustainable way? Like when you were that small before, were, were the actions that you were taking to be that weight sustainable? And it's so common as well that, ladies that I work with or just women that I speak to compare their bodies to like where their body was a few years ago or to their body where it was before pregnancy or where their body was when they were in school or when their their daily routine was completely different like when you were a teenager and you'd walk to school and you were active all the time like you're and you hadn't even fully grown and evolved yet like I shared a meme the other day or a meme more like a, a picture on instagram that just said like stop comparing your body to your teenage body that is so true like i know i'm going off on a little bit of a tangent here but that's what the podcast is for right but are you comparing your body to what you once were at a smaller size and do you need to do you need to be there are you applying too much pressure to yourself is it just that you have got more comfortable like with your um choices and your actions like maybe you might have been super motivated with the things that you were doing in the beginning to first lose weight and you might have kind of changed your actions slightly so hopefully that gives you some things to kind of think about um, from that so last question before we're going to move on to talking about the specific struggles which I think can be really really applicable for everybody is I'm losing inches but not pounds help Okay, so why does that matter? It, it's like that we've been conditioned that we have to see a change on the scale in order to be happy with our results. But if you're losing inches, your body is decreasing in size, but not pounds. So you're just proving that you can lose body fat without changing weight. We can change our body composition without the cha- without the scales changing, and especially if you are if you are weight training, then that would be quite likely that that might happen. There can be some other reasons as to why you might see a decrease in um, measurements, but not the scale things like you might things that might actually be more serious to kind of look into. You might have digestive issues. Um, so be mindful of that. You might be under stress. So things that are causing uh, like water retention within the body, um, time of the month, things like that. That's also another key point to remember to not compare yourself week on week and your, because of where you're at your menstrual cycle, obviously changes, um, so say for example if you were due on your period one week but then the previous week you like or previous two weeks you know you had been like off your period a week like your body's in a completely different phase um so it's likely that you're going to be retaining more water so it's inaccurate to compare like that it's it's good to compare like month to month um so that's something else to consider but in this question, like I would just say throw the scales away. The scales do not matter. How you feel is the most important thing. And that's what I empower clients to, to focus on how you feel. That is the most important thing, to feel happy and healthy. Like, we shouldn't be looking at the scales for validation of our results. So I've had this happen before with clients who they have checked in and then they said, I was having a really good week. Um, I'm really pleased my my food choices are improving. I'm feeling better within myself. I got all my exercise sessions in and then I weighed myself and I still weigh the same and I'm so annoyed and like, what's the point in everything? But there's so many reasons why the scale will fluctuate week on week. And I often advise clients weigh every other week anyway, but, you know, focusing on month to month comparisons or not weigh at all. Because why does it matter? Like, for example, that client said, oh, like, I'm really happy with my my food choices and exercising. Like, these are all improvements. But the scale said the same because it's just a fluctuation in water weight and it doesn't matter. What matters is how you look and feel. Um, And if you're losing inches, then you are seeing the results that you want. It doesn't matter what the scales say. So throw them out. Okay, so let's move on to the second half um, of the, I'm sure I didn't get through all all of the questions, but we can always do another one. If you guys like the Q&A type style um, podcast, then definitely let me know, share this podcast on your story if you listen. So I know that you're enjoying it and you like this kind of podcast, then I will do more of them. Um, So I put up another question box this morning saying, tell me about what your current struggles are. And I've got three that I've picked that are good. So let's go for them. Number one is self-criticism. So beating yourself up, not being kind to yourself. So firstly, my advice for this would be recognizing what situations that you are self-critical in and trying to turn it around and imply self-compassion. And when I say this, I mean, think about like questioning your judgment towards yourself and asking yourself, how would I respond to my best friend if she said the same thing to me right now? Because it sure as hell would not be the way that you respond to yourself and trying to think about getting into a habit of responding in that way. And it's not always easy. It's so hard, especially if you've gone like your entire adult life being nasty to yourself, but it's so much harder to be horrible to yourself than it is to just try and accept yourself or try and just implement self-compassion or work towards that. When we're working towards this, it is like almost like we're having to rewire our brain into talking completely differently to ourselves. So firstly, knowing that it's a journey, it's not a race. When we're trying to improve our mindset, the changes Aren't always measurable. Like they're not; they're not measurable on the outside, which can be hard sometimes. But it's how you feel is what matters, right? I I'm going off on a tangent. This is late in the day. I remember, like a couple of weeks ago, was I was I saying this a couple of weeks ago on the podcast? I was saying like. It's really important that you work with yourself and know when your best time of day is to do things. And I'm recording the podcast later in the day than I would normally. So I'll lose lose it a bit, guys. But self-compassion, taking each day as it comes, brainstorming in situations that come up when you start to speak negatively towards yourself, like journaling can be really good for this, to just kind of, Word vomit how you feel on the paper and then question your judgment, asking yourself why you're judging yourself, why you're criticizing yourself like that. What Are there certain beliefs that you have about yourself? Why do you need to be so judgmental and harsh towards yourself? And instead trying to think about how would you advise your friend? How can you show yourself love? How can you just show yourself some kindness in the situation situation? That, whatever it is that you're being self-critical. Second, looking after myself is what the struggle is. This is so common, and it's especially common with ladies who I work with who are mums. And it's just because when we struggle with looking after ourselves, it's because that you're not, you've not made yourself a priority. You've not valuing yourself as a priority. So asking yourself, How can I make myself more of a priority? What are basic needs that I can try to have as non-negotiables in my day that are going to be helping me look after myself? For example, like how is your sleep? How is your nutrition intake? Do you do any kind of self-care activities? Do you do any like mindfulness work? Do you do journaling? Do you do any like meditation going out on walks like what kind of time do you dedicate to do anything for yourself and if you don't do any of that then okay we need to make some kind of change because then when you start doing things more for yourself I feel like that's when you start to respect yourself more and you start to realize because you realize how powerful these things can be like how powerful like the act of doing all of these things for yourself is because you are worthy of love, respect, and honoring that. So thinking about what you value, thinking about how can you make value aligned actions every day, if you value your health, then are your actions that you're taking in alignment with that? Are you saying yes to every single social occasion? Are you saying yes to every single extra hour at work? are you going to bed super late at night are those actions in alignment with your values how can you start to put boundaries in place that start putting yourself first and it's just about recognizing brainstorming okay where in my life do I want to make a change doing a little life audit how is this the light do I want do I see myself doing everything that I'm doing in one year's time would I be happy about that because if not then how can we begin making a change towards the life that you do want to live and the way that you do want to look after yourself? There we go. And the final struggle is motivation to exercise. So I think with this, it is definitely about looking at your reasons why, to, why, why you want to exercise. What are you putting the, like what are your goals with regards to exercise? are you seeing exercise as just a means to lose weight what are you viewing exercise as because i view an exercise as a i view exercising as a way of gaining strength preventing injury having fun i would say social when i used to go to classes it was a social thing for me but i don't go to classes anymore because i can't because some knee issues but we're not going into that um but yeah like me, like what is your meaning behind exercise why do you exercise we want to feel empowered when we exercise and it's normal that you're not going to be motivated all the time because don't get me wrong like even still with those reasons behind me like what uh, those reasons are say maybe more motivating reasons than just like going to try and lose weight and I've been exercising consistently for like eight years maybe no, well, my whole life, but then like when I was a teenager up to when I was like, when I was like, you know, I had a bit of a break. I was like, I was active my whole childhood up until I was maybe like 18. And then I was like, I, have a I didn't do anything. And then when I found my love for weightlifting, um, when I was like 19, maybe 20, then I've been exercising consistently since then. But anyway, that wasn't the question. Um... I still lose motivation to exercise and quite frequently as well, don't get me wrong, because I'm human. But do you know what you need to do? You need to apply discipline. If you hate the training that you're doing, firstly, then that's something to address. Like, are you just counting on that you're going to be motivated to go and exercise every single time because you're not? Is it a burden to your life? Like, not that it's a burden to your life, but Is it something that you're actually enjoying? Because sometimes it's like, it's just getting yourself there. Once you're there, you enjoy it and and you feel good from it. So is it that? Because for me, I know that when I'm there, I do enjoy it. I feel good from it after. But sometimes I'm just like, I can't be fucking asked to go there. I just can't. And sometimes I will just not go because of that. And I'm not going to lie to you. But usually when I have that and I don't want to go... I will go for a walk instead because a walk just always helps to clear your mind. And usually there might be other reasons as to why you're not motivated to go. You know, sometimes if I've not been motivated to go because I just don't really feel good within myself and I just don't want to go. Um, and sometimes I'll honor that. Sometimes I'm like, no, get that skateboard, get out the fucking door, just go there. And then I go there and I'll just start warming up and I'm having a great time. It's just about getting yourself there. So sometimes we just need to apply the discipline to just go. Some things that you can do to help with that, with applying that discipline, getting a gym buddy or getting an exercise session buddy, go into classes because when you're, if you're going to let someone down, you're more likely to not do that um, or get a coach to help educate you. i me, um, educate you on, weight training or whatever kind of exercise it is so that you feel like you have a more structured program to help you with that. Um, but yeah, I hope those tips helped. I'm going to leave it there for today, guys, but if you guys do enjoy these kinds of podcasts then I will definitely 100% do more. Um, but yeah, thank you so much for listening. I was going to say watching what you're listening. Thank you so much for listening and I'll speak to you all in the next one.